Welcome to Sermons from Bailey Road. You are about to hear a sermon given at Bailey Road Baptist Church. Bailey Road is a small Bible-believing church located in North Jackson, Ohio, and is pastored by Pastor Aaron Smith. We are dedicated to serving the Lord through our people and through our teaching. We hope you are enlightened by today's message, and again, welcome to Bailey Road Baptist Church. All right, take your Bibles this morning and turn with me to the book of Mark as we continue our journey through this wonderful compact gospel through the life and ministry of the Lord Jesus Christ as we make our way to Easter Sunday in Mark chapter 16. That's the journey we're on as I've been trying to make our way there. Last week we were in Mark chapter 6. As we saw the dangers of displeasure and unbelief and a hard heart, there's a danger there. And Jesus tried to help the disciples with that. I'm going to give you a fast sermon in chapter 7. As Jesus took the scribes and the Pharisees to task in chapter 7 on the issue of traditions in holding to the traditions of the elders. And he taught them that it is not the traditions or the things that are on the outside of the body that is harmful. Matter of fact, he said it's really the things that are on the inside. You see, back to back, back to back, Jesus dealt with the heart. Didn't he? He said, he said it's not the things on the outside, it's the things on the inside. You see, they had a problem with the disciples because they didn't wash their hands before they ate. They said, ooh. They said, Jesus, oh, your, your disciples are so gross. They don't wash their hands before they eat. And they said, we have a tradition around here. You wash your hands before you eat. Because it'll defile you. And Jesus said, What? Wow. He said, It's not that what's on the outside that's going to defile a man. He said, What defiles a man is what's on the inside already. It's what's already there that comes from within. You see, Jesus said it's, in other words, it's the heart of the problem. That's the problem of the heart. Then we come to chapter 8. Jesus comes back to training His disciples 
training his disciples. And this is where we left off really last week. And it hasn't been that long ago that when we learned about the disciples' hard heart, remember Jesus said, just fed the 5,000 people in the wilderness. John the Baptist had been beheaded. When Jesus and his disciples heard about it, Jesus said, well, let us go into the wilderness and depart for a season. So they departed. And before they could get to the wilderness, the people saw where they were going, and at least 5,000 plus met them there. And when Jesus and his disciples got there, Jesus had compassion on them. The disciples were a little perturbed, were a little upset, but Jesus had compassion. And he fed them, ministered to them, and healed them. And the disciples just wanted to get rid of them and said, Send them away! Rather than sending them away, he fed them with five loaves and two fishes. And instead of sending the people away, Jesus sent the disciples away. And in Mark chapter 6, the Bible tells us that Jesus sent them away because they had a hard heart. A hard heart. And they pretty much missed the miracle of the loaves and the fishes. Even though they were there. Even though they served the fish and they served the bread. And even though they took up the leftovers, they all but missed the miracle that they were a part of. And when we come to chapter 8, the Bible says that in those days, the multitude being very great and having nothing to eat, Jesus called his disciples unto him and saith unto them, I have compassion on the multitude because they have now been with me three days and have nothing to eat. And if I send them away fasting to their own houses, they will faint by the way, for divers of them came from far. And his, and his disciples, look at this, and his disciples answered him, From whence can a man satisfy these men with bread here in the wilderness? Now, if you're in the habit of marking in your Bibles, mark that phrase. From whence can a man satisfy these men with bread in the wilderness? Did you catch that? Now, now let's do some, let's talk for a moment, okay? How long has it been since chapter 6? 
one chapter, right? Let me just tell you, it has not been very long. Now remember, last week, I told you, there are some dangers to displeasure, unbelief, and a hard heart. Some dangers. One of the dangers to the hard heart was you missed some things. Now remember, they were there for the feeding of the 5,000. They partook in it. They took up the leftovers. And they were there. And yet, they've been here for three days and no one has eaten a thing. And Jesus just says, Guys, I don't, I don't think it would be a good thing to send these people away hungry. I think they would faint as they go. They don't have enough strength. And the disciples, all they say is, well, where, how can a man satisfy these men with bread here in the wilderness? They want to know. They ask the question. They ask Jesus, well, how are we going to feed them? And he asked them, how many loaves have you? They said, seven. He commanded the people to sit down on the ground. And he took the seven loaves and gave thanks and break and gave to his disciples to set before them. And they did set them before the people. And they gave a few small fishes. And he blessed and commanded them or commanded to set them before them. So they did eat and were filled. And they took up of, this, of the broken meat that was left seven baskets. And they that had eaten were about 4,000. And he sent them away. I want to preach a message this morning simply entitled, let's try this again. Let's, let's try this again. Let's pray and we'll get started. Our Heavenly Father, I thank you so much. God, for being so wonderful to us that you allow us more than one chance. You allow us more than two chances. More than three, four, five. You, you let us have it again and again and again. God, it seems like you let us do it again until we try, until we get it. God, I'm so very grateful for that. When your word said your mercy endureth forever, it certainly does. 
Father, we see that here. Thank you. Help us to see this lesson here today. The lesson of your mercy in our lives. Help us to learn this principle. May we glean from this. We learn from it. Help us, God, to get past the hard-heartedness of our lives that we might grow closer to You. To understand Your mercy. To live in Your grace. To know Your nature and Your nurture. Help us in this, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. And amen. You may have come here this morning again with a hard heart. Hope not, but you may have. I hope that you will let the Lord soften it. We have a wonderful Heavenly Father. A Father who gives us chance after chance after chance. And again, here in just these first nine verses, we see, again, something that at, at first glance, without, if we just had, if we had no context of what we had from last week, it would simply be Jesus just doing another miracle, wouldn't it? I mean, here we are, Jesus just, okay, another miracle, we've got 4,000 people, they're hungry. They need fed. How many loaves do we have? Seven? Okay. Any fish? Oh, we got a few. Okay. Somebody, all right, have them sit down. I mean, look, you know the story. Here's what, here's what blows my mind, okay? And here's what, here's what I want to know. And I don't, I don't know who to, I don't know who to blame on this. Somebody help me. Maybe there's no one to blame, I don't know, but how did these amazing stories get, I don't know how to put this, because I don't want to be offensive here. How did they get put down to children's stories? And I'm not saying children can't understand them. Y'all know what I'm talking about though, right? But this is not just a children's story. Amen? This is deep stuff. Because somebody, somebody might, and I say that because somebody might be sitting here, why is pastor telling us a children's story? Oh no, this is more than a child's story here. This is more than just Jesus doing a miracle. No, no, no. We're talking about hard hearts. 
hard hearts. And I have found, you know, you know what I found? Most children don't have hard hearts. How many have found that? Children have little soft hearts like sponges. They soak everything in. No, it's you old people like me that have hard hearts. We're the one that's get, that get the hard hearts. We build the walls. We get the... Um, bless me if you can. And we get the attitude of, oh, no, I'm not letting you in because I'm not going to get hurt again. Nope. Not going to do it. Not getting hurt. Not getting disappointed again. Nope. Not this time. I'm not doing that fasting thing because I'm not going to get hurt again. You know what? Listen. Hey. Seriously. Can I just tell you? You will do everything you can not to get hurt again only to get hurt again. Sorry. How many of you know that to be true? Listen. I wish it weren't. I promise. I wish it weren't. But it's true. It's true. I Listen. Trying to, trying to think how to best say this. I've tried as a pastor how to figure out how to pastor without getting hurt again. I mean, you know... How many of you know uh, pastors have sayings? Did you know that? I heard this saying when I was in Bible college. It is the, the worst saying I think I have probably ever heard when it comes to ministry. Anybody want to hear it? You don't want to hear it. No, you really don't. I'm going to say it, but you really don't want to hear it. I'm going to say it. Okay, now remember, you don't want to hear this. But I'm going to say it, and it is the absolute, it's the worst statement ever. It's a horrible statement. I don't even remember who said it, but it's a horrible statement. But somebody said this when I was in Bible college, and they're talking to Bible college students. And they said, oh, you know what? The ministry would be great if it weren't for people. Now, that's a dumb statement. 
Because if it weren't for people, there would be no ministry. Amen? Listen, we, we do everything we can do to try not to get hurt. Only to end up getting hurt. And so here's Jesus, just to the best we can tell, timeline-wise, a few weeks removed from chapter 6 to chapter 8. Jesus says, hey, let's try this again. It's been a few weeks. Let's try this again. It's kind of like, how many remember when you learned how to ride a bike? Some of you got to think back a while ago. But you learned how to ride a bike. And the first time didn't go so well. I remember the first time I, I rode a bike. First time. It it honestly did not go so well. I got on, no training wheels, and I was riding, and I did not know what brakes were. And it was probably, I think it was 1983-ish, and I was on, it wasn't my bike, it was a friend's bike, and I'm just riding along, and Brother Keith, you know how I stopped? It was 1983, and I used a 1983 Camaro. It's what I used, the side of it, crunch. People didn't have, usually have like brand new cars back then, but the lady in our apartment complex, she lived right above us. I used her 1983 Camaro, and she happened to be outside of, on her balcony when I used her 1983 Camaro. I learned new words that day. She wasn't happy. My dad came out. And I remember, he was downstairs, she was upstairs, I was on the ground like this, looking up, looking down, looking up, looking down, and, they, you, know, they, you know, she cared about her car, my dad cared about her car, and I'm just on the ground. That was all it was. Yeah, but I learned how to ride a bike, and it hurt. Yeah, it hurt. Things hurt. We, we go through this, and but what happens? We get back on. How do you know that? You get back on and you say, let's try this again. Until eventually you do what? You get it. And so I picture this in my mind as they're out in the wilderness again and Jesus is teaching, and they're going through all of these things, and it's like, okay, the disciples need another lesson. These people are hungry. They have now fasted, it's not just a few hours, three days. And Jesus says, eh, it's time for these people to go home. But I have compassion on them. There's Jesus' compassion again. Don't miss that. And he says, I need to feed them something. But did you notice the disciples missed it completely again? Because they want to know, well, 
Who can do this? Did you see that? Who can do this out here? Well, friend, do you know, don't, don't, don't beat the disciples up too much. Because how many times in your life have you asked, who can do this? Oh. Oh. How many times have you asked, who can do this? Be honest with yourself. Who can take care of this pain? Who can take care of this issue? Who can take care of what I feel? Who? 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 I'll tell you who, Jesus. God can. And yet you've still asked. You've asked, who can take care of this pain? Who can take care of this issue? Who can take care of, you may not call it a hard heart, but it's really what it is. God can. That's who. So there's the disciples. And Jesus just asks, very simply, how many loaves do you have? Well, they came up with seven. Came up with seven. Jesus says, okay, make them all sit down. Now, I don't know what's going through the disciples' heads here. I don't want to read into anything. I don't know if it's all coming back whereas, oh, this is familiar. I don't know. I don't know what they're thinking. But the crowd's fatigued. I know that because it's been three days. Jesus feeds them. And then it just ends and moves on. They gather up the leftovers, and it moves on. It just ends. And it moves on. As they move on, they get in the ship. They cross over. They go to Domanatha, and the Pharisees are there. And they begin to question Jesus. And they ask Him for a sign from heaven. And they're tempting Him. And, and I like verse 12. He sighs deeply within his spirit. And he says, why doth this generation seek after a sign? Verily he says unto them, he says, there shall no sign be given unto this generation. That's it. He says, you don't get a sign. No. And he left them. Entering into the ship again, parted to the other side. I like that. <laughs> Check that out, just real quick, real quick. This is like the humorous side. So they come to Jesus, Pharisees come, and they're like, hey, hey, we want a sign. And Jesus says, you don't get a sign. That's what happened. Look at it. They said, hey, we want a sign from heaven. Jesus said, no. And he left. Is that not what it says? Look again. Verse 11, seeking a sign from heaven, tempting him. 
He sighed deeply. Why does this generation seek after a sign? There shall no sign be given unto this generation. No. And he left them. Gets back in the ship, departs to the other side. That's hilarious to me. I don't know why that's so funny. But he just said no. He gets back in the ship. No. So we see the fatigued crowd. He feeds them. He says, let's try this again. Pharisees, he's like, you know, no, I don't want to do this. No, not today. Gets back in the boat. Now here's the, so we get back to the disciples. I told you this lesson's for the disciples. So he gets back in the boat, okay? And this is, again, check this out. The disciples, this is hilarious. This part is hilarious to me as well. Because the disciples had forgotten to take bread. Neither had they in the ship with them more than one loaf. (laughs) And he charged them saying, Take heed, beware of the leaven of the Pharisees and of the leaven of Herod. And they reasoned among themselves, saying, It is because we have no bread. And when Jesus knew it, he saith unto them, Why reason ye? Because ye have no bread. Perceive ye not yet, neither understand. Now look at this. Have ye your heart? Yet hardened? Having ears or having eyes, see ye not? And having ears, hear ye not? And do ye not remember? When I break the five loaves among five thousand, How many baskets full of fragments took ye up? And they say unto him, Twelve. And when seven among four thousand, how many baskets full of fragments took ye up? And they said, Seven. And he said unto them, How is it? that ye do not understand. So we see the fatigued crowd, the foolish Pharisees, forgetful disciples. He's saying, let's try this again. He's trying to teach the disciples something here. He's saying, look, I need you to get this. Remember, their hearts are hardened. There's a danger here. There's a danger here. The biggest danger of a hard heart is that something gets missed. In the midst of serving, in the midst of performance, in the midst of all of it, the disciples had missed it. 
they had been so caught up in the, in the work of the Lord that they had forgotten about the Lord of the work. And they got on the boat. <laughs> Nobody had brought bread. I guarantee you at some point somebody said, and I'm hungry. What's there to eat? Somebody said, oh, uh, uh, John Mark, did you bring the food? John Mark said, no, Bartholomew was supposed to bring it. Bartholomew said, no, 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 Judas was supposed to grab it. Judas said, no, Peter was supposed to get it. No, no, Levi was supposed to get it. And all around the blame went, probably. And Jesus finally says, look, whoa, 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 guys. Don't you understand? What were they missing? Folks, what were they missing? What they were missing was not the bread. What they were missing was who they were with. And that's what he pointed out to them. He said, hey, don't you remember when we were with the 5,000? How many baskets of leftovers were there? How many loaves did we have? Five. How many baskets left over? Twelve. And when we were with the 4,000, how many loaves? Seven. How many leftovers? Seven. Fellas, how is it that you don't understand? What he's saying is, fellas, let's try this again. Let's try this again. Who are you with? Who are you ship arrives to their destination. They get off the ship. They find a man. It's time to heal. You want to know who they're with. See, everything, all of this is tying together. All of this ties together. They look separate. But all of this goes together. The 4,000, it was to remind them, of who Jesus was. Jesus can break the bread and break the fishes anytime He wants to. And there'll always be leftovers. There's always fragments. There's always more than what you bargain for with Jesus. The Pharisees, Jesus said, beware of the leaven of the Pharisees. 
Hey, don't forget who you're with, fellas. It's Jesus. Oh, and just in case, look at this. He says they find the, the blind man. It's time. They go with them. Check this out real quickly. They come to Bethsidia. There's a blind man. They bring to him. They besought him to touch him. He takes the blind man by the hand. They let him out of town. And when he had spit on his eyes and put his hands upon him, he asked him if he saw aught. That means if he saw anything. And he looked up and said, I, I see men as trees walking. And then he put his hands again upon his eyes and made him look up and he was restored and saw every man clearly. And he sent him away to his house saying, neither go in to the town nor tell it to any in the town. We see the favored healing. Again, he set him to the side. This wasn't for anyone. For the disciples to see who Jesus was. Jesus could have done this in front of everyone, but He didn't. He chose to do this with just the disciples there. As Jesus went out, as the disciples are there, He's there by the towns of Caesarea Philippi. And by the way, His disciples, just after this wonderful miracle, He asked His disciples, saying unto them, Who do men say that I am? His disciples answered, they said, John the Baptist say some. But some say Elias, and others one of the prophets. And he saith unto them, But whom say ye that I am? Peter saith unto him, Thou art the Christ. And he charged them that they should tell no man. And he began to teach them that the Son of Man must suffer many things and be rejected of the elders and of the chief priests and scribes, and be killed, and after three days rise again. And spake, saying openly, And Peter took him and rebuked him. But when he had turned about and looked on his disciples, he rebuked Peter, saying, Get thee behind me, Satan, for thou savorest not the things of God, that be of God, but the things that be of men. When he had called the people unto him with his disciples also, he said unto them, Whosoever will come after me, let him deny himself, take up his cross, and follow me. For whosoever will save his life shall lose it. Whosoever shall lose his life for my sake, in the Gospels the same shall save it. For what shall it profit a man if he shall gain the whole world and lose his own soul? 
Or what shall a man give in exchange for his soul? Whosoever therefore shall be ashamed of me and of my words in this adulterous and sinful generation, of him also shall the Son of Man be ashamed when he cometh in glory of his Father with his holy angels. We see the forgetful disciples, the favored healing. We see the factual teaching. As Peter said, Thou art the Christ. All of this, from the fatigued crowd to the foolish Pharisees to the forgetful disciples, all led to this factual teaching. Jesus said, let's try this again. He said, let's try this again. You see, he had to get their hard hearts to a softened place. To a place where he could say, who am I? Who? Who am I? So much of the time, we let our hard hearts stand in the way of God doing something great in our lives. We stand in the way of God moving. We hinder what God wants to do. Remember when Jesus was walking on the water in chapter 6, He would have walked by. But Peter and the disciples cried out. But I don't know about you, but I'm grateful that we have a God that's full of mercy. That says, let's try this again. We have a God that's full of compassion. That says, how many loaves do you have? We have a God that doesn't give up. And we have a God that looks down on a hard heart that says, I can work with that. I don't know about you, but I'm grateful for that. You see, too often, you and I, hey, look, look, seriously, you and I, we get fed up with the hard hearts, don't we? We cast aside the hard-hearted. We say, oh, stinking hard heart! I'm done with you! And God says, no, that's the kind of heart I like. I can work with that. And God said, let's try this again. Whew. 
and we not cast aside the hard hearts. Because God's not done. God's not done with a hard heart. Sometimes, again, seriously, we, we, may, we may be sitting here and saying, oh, no, we can't, nope, nope, not, not them, no, they got a hard heart. Because God said, let's try this again. How many lobes do you have? How many lobes do you have? Hey, beware. Hey, just be careful with the, the leaven of the Pharisees now. How is it that you don't understand? Who is he? This is God we're talking about. Do you know what he's capable of? Think back to Jeremiah, the fallow ground. He says, break it up. Break up the fallow ground. The fallow ground where plant hasn't grown in years. The unfertile ground where nothing has grown. Man says nothing can grow in that field. God says, break it up and plant. God says, break it up and plant there. Watch what I can do. God says, let me soften your heart and see what I can do. God said, let's try this again. Hey, listen, how do you let God try this again? Let Him soften your heart and see who He is. That's all you got to do. All you got to do is let see who God is. Hey, Bailey Road Baptist Church, let's see who God is this morning. Let's see who God is. Let God do something great in your life. As God brings us things time and time again to show us who He is. And yet the problem most times in our lives is we fail to see Him for who He is. We fail to see Until we see God for who He is. Until we see Him for as the Christ of the Bible. The holy and living true God. We'll miss Him. Until we soften our heart and see Him as the Savior of our life. Until we see Him as Isaiah saw Him high and lifted up, and it's holy, holy, holy is our God, we'll continue to miss it. Until we soften our heart, we'll continue to miss what God wants us to see. Him, for who He is. We'll have every head bowed, every eye closed this morning.